Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Man, we are so excited that you joined us today on this very special day. Sunday is an incredible day to gather, come into God's presence. And hey, wherever you're watching from today, we are praying that God absolutely invades your space, that today would be an incredible experience and encounter with Him. We know that we're virtual today. And wherever you're watching from, maybe you gathered some friends at your house, maybe you're outside, maybe you're in your kitchen, your living room, wherever you are today, we are praying that God invades your space, that your home is full of His glory, that it's not just a time online or a time staring at a screen, but that this message, the time that we had in worship, just that presence of God permeates the entire atmosphere that you're in. Hey, before we get started with this message, I just wanna pray that King Jesus would have his way with this word. We know that when we open up the word of God, it reads us. It is a powerful, in fact, the Bible calls itself the double-edged sword. It comes in and it finds things to cut away that keep us separated from God. It is our weapon that we use to fight with. So this is so powerful when we open up this word, but I wanna get us in the right position. And sometimes when we come into the word, it's just us becoming aware that God is speaking, that we're not just reading another book or we're not just gathering for another get together. This is a sacred moment. And we're in this series, Home Church. So we're defining what does church look like right now in the middle of this pandemic, in this middle of this time where we can't gather all together, what does it look like? And in this space, wherever you are, we find ourselves having to continually intentionally become aware that he's in the midst. That's what it's all about. It's not about where we gather. It's about the glory in the room. And so I want to pray before we get started, I would love to invite you to join me in this position, this posture of surrender, this posture of becoming aware that he is in the room. You have to ask yourself, is Jesus real? Is Holy Spirit real? When you say, Jesus, come, does he fill the room? If you believe that, let's start this whole thing off and say, God, come into our midst. We're not just here to hear a good word. We're not here to be entertained. Honestly, that's a waste of all of our time. We are here to hear your voice. And so let's pray. Uh, Would you just open yourself up? Just kind of put your hands up and maybe just have a posture of surrender right now. God, we just open our lives, our hearts, our minds. God, all the things that we carry as human beings and our thoughts and intentions and motives and the things we grew up with, uh, the things that have become hardened in our hearts, God, we just bring that before you. And as a sacrifice, we lay it at your altar. God, I pray that this word would search us. Search us, Lord God, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Search our hearts. Search us, Jesus. Search all of our motives and our ways, God. If there's anything in us that needs to be brought to the surface, we pray that in this time, as we read your word, you would point it out. You are such a gentleman. And we thank you that you come when we invite you. You said, knock and the door will be open. I knock and if you open the door, I will come in and eat with you. And so God, we invite you in. Right now in this space, we invite you to come and be with us. Speak to us. Lord Jesus, we make you the king of this moment. And I pray for all of those watching right now. Let your presence fill their space. We say, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
Amen. Well, today we've been in home church, this incredible study talking about what does church look like right now? Where did the church begin? And how do we take on what God intended it to look like right now in our homes? We feel like God is doing something incredible in this season. This isn't a wasted season. He's being intentional with it. We don't feel like God created the pandemic, but he's using it to draw his people deeper. And so today I want to look at um, a different aspect of, of church and, and maybe you grew up in church, maybe you, whatever your background is, whatever religion you grew up in, uh, maybe you had this a part of your traditions, but I want to talk about communion today communion and really defining what is communion, how do we do it together, and, and why do we do it, and the sacred moment of communion. There's so much power in this message. Let me tell you, I, I can't wait to see what God reveals to you in your heart and spirit, because I know that God is a God of the individual. And so whatever you've grown up with, I just I encourage you today, just kind of open up your mind, open up your heart to what God wants to speak. But we've been looking at this, this scripture in Acts chapter 2. And it really defines what the church looked like when it first began. And this is when Jesus went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, and the church became alive. I mean, this thing wasn't just happening. It wasn't just a gathering. There was a presence in the midst that set them apart. It was a fire that couldn't be contained. So let's read. In Acts chapter 2, we look at verse 42 through 47 has been setting the stage for this series. And it talks about the believers and it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, for everybody who you might have missed a couple messages, we're talking about fellowship here. We're talking about a partnership. We come in together and we say, what is our part? We're in this together. We're making covenant relationship with one another. This isn't just gathering with strangers, but we understand we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're, we're one as he is one with the Father. And so he says, we, they devoted themselves to the fellowship to the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread, that's the communion. That's the aspect I want to talk about today. And the last thing, to prayer. So important. Last week, we talked about prayer and the Father's prayer. And we looked at how to approach the Father when we pray. We talked about how our Father, that we're in this together, hallowed be your name, calling him the King and Lord, the authority of the moment. So powerful. And I, I encourage you to go back and watch it if you missed it, just to have your new approach and new filter as you come before Jesus in prayer. But it says they devoted themselves to all those things, to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at, and many wonders and miracles signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread, again, communion, in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. It says they devoted themselves to this fellowship, this community, this covenant relationship with one another. They devoted themselves to daily breaking bread in their homes. 
I love this picture because it really takes the context of what we know of church. And sometimes when you think of communion, we think of a large gathering, everybody staring forward, we all grab our communion and we take it together. But what the Bible paints this beautiful picture of those gathered in living rooms, those gathered in their kitchen, their dining room tables, all sitting around a normal meal, breaking bread together, breaking bread. And I want to look at the significance of breaking bread because it's not just something we do. It's not just something that is a part of Christian you know, religion. So we just do it. It's just a tradition. So we do it. There's so much reason and purpose behind it. And today I'm praying that the power of communion comes alive to you, the power of what is in it. But communion really starts all the way back uh, to Passover. And so first off, you have to know Jesus, he called it in Luke chapter 22. I want to look at this real quick to kind of set the stage of this message today. Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 15. If you're turning with your Bibles, turn with me there. Luke chapter 22, verse 15. This is Jesus. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now this was right before Jesus went to the cross. This was the Lord's Supper, as we call it. The time where they gather for the last meal before they went to the Mount of Olives. And so we find them there and he says, I eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. This was a specific time marked in history that Jesus wanted to set a specific thing in motion. And so today we have to look at it and say, why? Why did Jesus do it, number one, on Passover? And why does Jesus have this as something that we are commanded to do regularly? So we have to look at the context of everything. So Jesus was celebrating Passover. Now, Passover was a celebration of the Egyptian or the Israelites coming out of Egypt, coming out of slavery. And you have to look back to when Moses said, Pharaoh, let my people go. God showed himself through these plagues. And, and as the plague would happen, Pharaoh would say, okay, you can go. And then as soon as that happened, his heart would be hardened and God would show another plague. All these plagues happened. And the one and final uh, plague was the one of killing the firstborn sons of Egypt. But God set the Israelites apart. He said, if you will take a lamb's blood and, and put it over the doorframe of your home, then the spirit that is causing death will, will go over you, will pass over your home. And so this meal, this Passover time, was a time to celebrate when God spared his people. And so Jesus was like, we need to celebrate this Passover meal. There's something to that because Jesus was showing us something. And, and, and the Bible says that when they're all up in there, so we got, we got to keep reading because he, he said uh, after, he said, I want to, I want to, have this Passover meal with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. That's very important, that word fulfillment. Because uh, in this, Jesus was showing us something that was being fulfilled in what he was doing on the cross. It says, after taking the cup, so they were sitting around a meal, having Passover meal. It says, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, this, take this, and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again for the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Jesus was taking this Passover meal where what they celebrated that the lamb's blood covered and had the spirit pass over. It was a protection on them. And he was showing them that he is the lamb of God that was slain so that we would be protected from the wrath of God, that we would be set apart, taken away from being in full salvation and full adoption of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He wanted to show them something that was gonna change everything. That when Jesus did this on the cross, it wasn't just to make a statement, that Jesus was going to make a covenant. And in that covenant, he was gonna sign you and he was gonna sign me into the family of God. <laughs> what a beautiful picture. As he takes the bread, he says, take this, break it in remembrance of my body that was broken for you. When we do this, when we take communion, and sometimes it's a wafer, sometimes it's bread. Right now, we're getting, we're getting really creative. Um, today, we're actually going to take communion as groups all around. And, and maybe you're, you're not in a watch party today, but I, I encourage you, go grab something that you can use as communion. Today, I have uh, a graham cracker and I have some juice. So we're getting creative today. The, the, the symbols don't mean as much as what they symbolize. And so as whatever you can find is beautiful, as long as you understand the context and the reason, the symbol that they represent. But what a beautiful picture when he said, take the bread, break it in the same way that my body is broken. The scriptures say, and Isaiah prophesied that his body would be broken and beaten for our healing. And we always pray that by his stripes, we are healed. In fact, we sung that by his stripes, we are healed that everything that was broken on him created something that healed us. By his stripes, when they whipped him, when they beat him, when the blood dripped down, it was to bring healing salve to us and our broken selves and something that couldn't be put back together by any human force or any human power. He had to be broken so that we could be whole. And so Jesus was like, hey, you." Look at this. This is so important that you understand why I'm broken. Why I'm broken. And so communion is really a time to pause and remember what Jesus did. I love this time when Jesus sets a time and a space. A time and a space. And we have these times and spaces that we celebrate and have as mile markers. You know, we celebrate birthdays. The day that we're born, we set that as a sacred time. We celebrate wedding anniversaries, the time that we make a covenant with somebody to become one. It's a time and space that we set as sacred, a time and space that we celebrate. And Jesus was setting the same time. And I think back when Moses was first called and he came to the burning bush and the, the voice from the bush, God said, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Wow. Now what made the ground holy? It wasn't Moses being there. It was God encountering man. And Jesus was setting this, this time, this moment into effect for the disciples to pass on to us that we still do today, a time to set in, in, in our schedule, to, sit, to pause 
say, look what Jesus did. It's a sacred moment. It's a moment that we remember what he did, but we remember also what he did for us to step into. See, there's two parts of the communion. There's one part where we remember how he was broken for us and how his blood was shed so that we could be purified, that, that we have this incredible cleansing flow that washes us from all the sin, all the things that we've done that have, has separated us from God. Jesus' blood was the perfect blood. It was shed so that we could be clean. The Bible says new creations. That, like when we celebrate baptisms, we come out of the water as new living creatures, like we are new in Him. And in this, we, we celebrate what God does for us. We celebrate what He did on the cross. But it's also for us to look ahead at what's to come, not just to look at what we're saved from, but what we're saved to. See, in Revelation, we read about this meal that we're going to have at the end of time, where God comes and brings all of His children to the table, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we enjoy this communion with him. We enjoy this, this, this celebration of the bride and the groom coming together as one, where we're united with our Savior. We're united with the one that we love and adore and call King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So it's this beautiful moment where we look back and see what God did, but we also look ahead and see what's to come. And it's this moment that we set ourselves to remember. This is beautiful because it talks about how they devoted themselves to this breaking of bread in their homes. Communion was a thing we did all together. And maybe for some of you, it's weird to do it in your home because you're maybe used to doing it at church or you're maybe used to doing it in, in a big gathering. And, and, but, but Jesus was painting this picture, this, this beautiful picture of the church doing this on a regular basis. And I encourage you at this message, I'm, I'm encouraged with our family to do this on a more regular basis in our home, to have a time where maybe at the end of the meal, we just take a moment and we say, let's remember what Jesus did for us. Let's remember how he was broken so that we could be healed. Let's remember how his blood was shed so that we could be whole and new, so that we could come alive to our purpose for the, the sake of his glory coming down to earth. It's a celebration of what he does. And I believe that he's calling us as home church to do this together in community, as families, to pause and take a moment, say, God, we remember what you did and let it, let it empower us to live a different way. Now there is a warning with communion. It's not something we just flippantly do. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about it, talks about setting yourself in a position for communion. And I want to hit on this today because I think this is so vital in the way that we approach God's presence and the way that we approach Him in communion, the way that we approach Him in covenant relationship with one another. Because I think our society paints this picture of a very flippant culture, a very flippant. You can jump in, jump out, try it for a little bit, then jump out. But Jesus is calling us to a life laid down, a life fully surrendered, a life saying, I become one. And what has become one, he says, let no man tear apart. I have made it one, so you cannot separate it by man's power, but, but God, what he brings together. And so, Paul, I, I want to talk to us about how to approach 
this presence, this sacred moment of communion, that as we do this on a regular basis to what this does for us in this space of being aware. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, he says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim. This word proclaim means to make aloud, to proclaim as a witness, a testimony of what God has done. Paul is saying that this communion is not just for you. It's to proclaim the Lord's death, what he did on the cross, what he died for, to proclaim that he not only just went to the cross, but he defeated sin in the grave. He defeated sin in your life and in mine. And he goes on in verse 27. He says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself. Just say that with me real quick. Say examine. Examine. What a powerful word. And what a word that we are called to do daily. An examination. An examination of our hearts an examination of our thoughts, an examination of our motives, an examination of our intentions, why we wake up in the morning, what we're doing with our schedule, how we're handling our life and the calling on our life, what God has called us to, how we handle it. It's an examination. Paul said, hey, examine yourself in fine detail. Go through everything of your life. Go through everything of your intentions and your emotions and, and your, your, your nature, your human nature. The, the Bible says that when we come into Christ, we, we, we shed off the old nature and take on the new nature. But how easy is it for us to pick back up the old nature and let a little bit, little bit of it slide, right? Because we say it's just a little bit. It's just that one little thing. Paul says, hey, when you approach this moment, of remembering what Jesus, the Lamb of God, did on the cross. When you approach this moment of going forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we're going to be reunited with our groom, there is a jealousy in our God for you. It's a jealousy because He loves you unconditionally, and He is so madly in love with you that He does not want to share you with anybody. Now, if you think, if you're in a marriage or in a relationship, you know this very well, that if your spouse is with another person of the opposite sex, there can be something that rises in you. And we're made in the image of God. It's how God feels when we go away from Him, when we turn away from Him, and we get too distracted with something else, and we make something else the Lord of our life, or something else our motive, or our purpose, or our passion, and it's our drive for that one thing. God is a jealous God, and Paul says, hey, examine yourself. As you come to this moment to remember how Jesus made a covenant. See, when Jesus died, he brought us to be one with the Father. In fact, that was his big prayer, and we've talked about this, is that he said, God, please let them be one as me and you are one. And when Jesus died, he actually broke the veil. He tore the veil in two so that we could approach the presence of God. We could approach the, the glory of the Father that was set apart just for those that were um, the priests, those that were, were set apart as the temple, the, the temple host. But now, because of what he did on the cross, we can approach him freely. And so in this, Paul says, hey, examine yourself. 
examine yourself. And I wonder if you'll do that today. That before we, we dive into this communion, I want to take a moment and just examine our hearts, examine ourselves. And the thing about examination is no one can do it but you. <laughs> no one can do it but you. You have to come into a place with God and let the Spirit search you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said, reminds us of this moment. And I think about it in this context that, that everything that Jesus told the disciples of the body that was broken, of the blood that was shed, of, of us being new creations in Him, that the Holy Spirit reminds us in these moments that we take to pause and examine. That as we come to these moments to remember what He did, we take a pause and we say, Lord, search me. Search me. Search what I'm after. Search what I'm seeking. Search my desires. Let them be pleasing to you. What a great reminder. He says, those, those who approach it, examine themselves. Examine themselves. Before he eats the bread and drinks the cup, for anyone who eats or drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. This moment of communion, when we come to the Savior, the ultimate desire of our King is to be near to us. And that's what we're learning in this season. You might feel very alone right now. You might feel very secluded and very isolated. But in this time, we're learning one thing. Our Savior wants to be so close to us. He desires to have not just a weakened relationship with you through a church. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you personally. He wants to connect with you on a level that no human being can. He wants to speak to all of the pain, all of the shame, all of the things you carry on a daily basis. All the things that maybe someone spoke over you, He wants to speak to it, the truth of who he designed you to be. In this time, we do know one thing, Jesus wants to be near. And if you'll allow him, if you'll allow him to come into your house, if you'll allow him to come into your heart, he will come with his gentle love and peace and joy and strength. And this beautiful moment of taking communion together to remember how we got here, that we are the church set apart we are the church coming alive to our purpose. We are the church full of hope. Man, the church is the hope of the world. We have what it takes to make it through seasons like this. You have what it takes to make it through seasons like this because of God in you. What weapon can be prevailing against you? Yeah, weapons may form. Yeah, storms may come, but Jesus, Jesus gives us the weapons of divine power, divine power. And it's in these moments when we examine ourselves and we come and we remember what Jesus did, we remember how God saved us from the wrath, we can use this moment to empower others. One thing I wanna do today, it may be a little different for you and, and you taking communion, but one thing I want to incorporate Sometimes when we do this, we forget that what Jesus did for us is for us to pass on to others. So in this moment of communion, it's a powerful moment. When we eat this, this bread and drink this juice, it's, it's remembering the power of Christ's blood 
You know that blood that was shed has so much power to cure, so much power to heal. And when we eat this body, we remember that same power that rose Christ from the dead. Come on, help me finish it. Now lives in me. When Jesus did this, I think he did it so that we could realize we're eating. When we are with him, we're communing with him. He's getting inside of us that this religion, this time of following Christ isn't about uh, following a set of rules or, or figuring out exactly what a Christian, it's all about having a relationship with Jesus and having him inside of us. He must get in us. It must be more of him, less of us. And as soon as we realize that, as soon as we come before him and say, God, examine my heart. If I have any selfish way in me, if I have anything that I've, I've put before you, that I've made an idol, that I've, I've put on the altar instead of my worship to you as a full living sacrifice, as we talked about last week, God, absolutely destroy it. Let me be fully surrendered to you, understanding that you are in me. You are in me so that I can love those around me. This is a season of death. And I feel so much that God is drawing us as a church deep. He's calling those that are following him with a new sense of urgency. Can you hear him? I feel him right now calling your name. Can you hear him? Because the beautiful thing about Jesus is he's always speaking. It just depends if you're listening. A lot of times when, when I'm not hearing his voice, it's a lot of times that I find myself distracted. So I encourage you today, as we take this moment, just to dive into what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. We're gonna take the bread and before we eat it, I would love to pray for healing for those in our life, that, that his body that was broken, was broken so that you could be healed so that your family member could be healed, so that you would be covered, covered by his stripes. And when we take the cup today, it symbolizes the blood that was shed for us, the blood that covers over our houses for the wrath of God to go over, to pass over, pass over. And in that moment, I just wanna pray for our families. Maybe you have loved ones who don't know Jesus, Maybe you have those that are close to you that feel like love their friends that are closer than, than maybe even blood. But I, I want us to pray today in this solemn moment, this sacred moment, God, cover them with your blood. The power that's in that blood is so much greater than any work that we could put our hands to. It's so much greater than any program we could put in place, any marketing strategy we could do. It's so much greater is the power of his blood. So in this moment, as we do this together, I encourage you to step into this moment of prayer for healing, prayer for salvation, prayer for those that don't know Christ. In Matthew, it talks about after the communion that they all sang a hymn. They all worshiped out of this moment of gratitude. And I wanna do that today. I wanna sing together in this intimate setting of communion. I just wanna worship uh, but before we do that, I wanna invite those that maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you were invited to this stream or you just flipped on it accidentally. Maybe you just 
passed by it, but however you got here, you have to know Holy Spirit is after you. He is longing to be with you. Jesus loves you so much. And today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day to say yes to him. Today's the day that Jesus is calling your name. And just like what he did with Peter, when Peter came to him as a pebble, not feeling any significance, he changed his name. Today, Jesus wants to do that with you. The, everything that you thought you were, every insecurity and identity crisis that you're in, he wants to totally transform you by the renewing of your mind, by coming into your life and empowering you to become all that he's called you to. Jesus is calling your name. And before we get into this uh, communion together, before we break bread together, I wanna encourage you to say yes to Jesus, to make him Lord. And, and that word Lord simply means to have him king over all, king over all, to surrender everything, all your motives, all your desires, everything. And he's a beautiful, trustworthy savior. The beautiful thing is that he has the perfect will for your life. You'll never be able to figure out on your own. I promise you, you can try. You can climb the ladder of success in this world, but it has nothing for you, I promise. Jesus wants to lead and rule your life and love you back into adoption. And maybe some of you have approached Jesus in a way of being an orphan or a slave. Some of you have come into a relationship with Jesus thinking it's all about work. It's all about making it happen and do. I want to tell you today, Jesus wants to adopt you as a son and daughter. Jesus wants to bring you into the family, let you know that you are his, that he loves you unconditionally. So I want to pray for us today. Those of you who want to accept Jesus into your heart, would you just surrender to him right now in this moment as we pray? Jesus, I thank you for those that are watching this today that are making that decision to say yes, to say yes to you to make you Lord of their life. But I pray today that as they make this decision to repent, to turn from their old way of life and to turn towards a relationship with you, to come alive to their purpose of why they're here. God, I pray that you would redeem the years that they think they've lost, that you would restore. God, today, I thank you for their salvation, that you've saved them from the wrath of God, from, from all the things that are judgment, Lord God, on their life. Thank you that today you paid the price on the cross so that they could become sons and daughters of the King. And we just thank you today that they're joining this family. And they, even this family change, God, we thank you that they're jumping into a, a covenant relationship with a beautiful family that's on this journey to know Jesus deeper. God, we thank you for them. And I pray that you just empower them, strengthen them to step into this life, to make that decision, to be laid down lovers. God, that they love you with all of their heart. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I wanna worship together. And as we worship, uh, before we take communion, I want us just to examine our hearts. And as we sing this together, would you just examine yourself? Just search your, your heart. And a really simple way to do it is just to ask Holy Spirit to do it for you. So Holy Spirit, search me. Because there might be things you don't even see. There might be things that have creeped in that are so under the radar, that you would never point them out in a normal life. But in this sacred moment, when we invite God's presence in, His Holy Spirit can set set us on a, an awareness of what is separating us from God. You see, nothing can separate us from the love of God besides sin. 
It's the only thing that can separate us from that connection, that unity, that oneness with God. So as we worship, would you just examine yourself before we take communion? And then we're gonna, we're gonna worship together today in breaking of bread. Let's worship. Search us, Jesus. Search us, God. Your name, your name is victory. Our praise to Christ, to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. victorious. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your salvation. It sets us free, God, from the chains of sin, from the bondage, from the bondage that keeps us trapped, that promises, promises so much, but fails to deliver. God, we thank you for this freedom we have in you, for this hope we have in you, God, this blessed hope of you returning for your children. God, right now, we just pray in this moment that as we've examined ourselves, that you would forgive, clean, clean us, God. Cleanse our hands, cleanse our hearts, that we can be a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing and set apart for you. We thank you, Jesus, for this moment we have together to take communion, to break bread. We love you, Jesus. You're incredible. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Ooh. I love Jesus so much. All right, if you would grab your communion elements, you can grab the bread 
whatever you have. You might have crackers, graham crackers, but let's just take the moment right now and let's just pray that as we break this bread, let's pray for those that need healing. Maybe you have a family member that needs healing today. Maybe you need healing. Maybe one of your, your friends or loved ones has, has something that, that God needs to invade that space right now. Let's pray by the power that's in his broken body. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you that your body was broken so that we could be healed. And right now, God, we just pray for those that need your healing touch. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, Maybe it's spiritual, but God, I just release that healing power right now. And all of those that are connected to me, God, those that are watching, that have loved ones, God, right now, we just release that healing power into the space. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken for us. Let's eat together. if you would take the cup with his blood that was shed it gave us salvation it was the pure sacrifice the pure blood and let's just pray right now for those that need salvation maybe it's a family uh, loved one or maybe it's a friend maybe it's a co-worker someone at school uh, your neighborhood that you're praying for let's just pray right now that God would release his salvation through us through the power of his blood Right now that he would soften hearts god right now we bind our hearts together and we pray lord jesus that you would bring salvation to our homes you bring salvation to those that have turned away from you those that have hardened their hearts to you god and your love i pray that right now the power that's in your blood the power of that blood that was shed on the cross would be totally manifested in this moment. God, in our homes, you will cover over all of our loved ones. God, I pray for those that we are connected to through either network or neighborhood or school or job. God, I pray right now, you release salvation into our influence, God. Everywhere we go, God, that the power of your blood would be at work in our lives. God, that you would show yourself awesome. Pour out your spirit on all men. Servants, everybody, God, you said you would do it on all peoples, groups, languages, types of people. God, you do it for all. So God, we pray that right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. We thank you for the power in this moment, this sacred moment where we say, thank you, God. Cleanse us, Lord Jesus. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what an incredible moment as we break bread together today just to say thank you, God. Hey, let me pray for us before we leave today. God, we love you so much. And I just thank you for all of those uh, that were on the stream today and maybe those that are catching this video at a different time. I pray that you just release your power in their life. That in these sacred moments where we examine ourselves, we come before you and we grab a hold of the power that was shown on that day when your body was broken, when your blood was shed. God, that we would come alive to our purpose, come alive to the reason that we are here. That as we come into home church, that we would be the church everywhere we go. We love you, God, and we trust you. 
In your precious name we pray, amen. Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.